You're listening to Matt Loves V-Masters. All good things must come to an end. Today, my friends, I had an epiphany. I woke up early and decided to transition this podcast from cameras to my new passion, Viewmasters. There's nothing better than popping a reel of images into a Viewmaster stereoscope, holding it up to the light and gazing at the wonder of the pair of tiny Kodachrome images that appear before your eyes, turning cities, national parks, TV shows and cartoons into 3D scenes. Keep listening and find out more about my podcast reboot. I'm Matt Murray and this is Matt Loves Viewmasters. Matt loves you, Masters. Hello, my friends. How are you? I hope you are well, wherever you are all around the world. Gosh, what a few days I've had. I've had a lot of soul searching over the last few days, a lot of thinking about the future, the future of this podcast, the future of my photography. And I came to, as I said in the intro, a bit of an epiphany. And I decided that cameras and photography, I'm going to phase out all of that stuff. I'm looking at selling some of my film cameras and uh, really getting into a different hobby. I mean, the fact is that film prices are rising, film camera prices are going through the roof labs are shutting down and there's no possibility at the moment of going out and taking photos anyway. So I've decided to transition this podcast from Matt Loves Cameras to Matt Loves Viewmasters. Of course, Viewmasters are these beautiful little stereoscopes. You pop a, a reel of images in and uh, hold it up to the light. And right before your eyes, you see these amazing images in 3D. I absolutely love them. You would have heard on the last episode, episode 28 of Matt Loves Cameras, that was, uh, how I just found this stash of Viewmasters that I bought late last year. And over the last few days, I've just fallen in love with them. So today, it's a bit of a reboot of the podcast, and I'll be telling you all about the history of Viewmasters before I go through a bit of an overview of my collection of Viewmaster reels that I have so far. So some of you at this stage may be thinking, what are you talking about? What is a Viewmaster? Well, a Viewmaster is, a lot of people look at them as kids' toys, but they certainly didn't start out that way. It's a piece of plastic or Bakelite. Uh, quite often they're red, but quite often they're brown and cream and other colors as well. And it's got two eye holes and you put a reel in a slot and you put your eyes on the Viewmaster like you would a pair of binoculars and you put it up to the light and you see this amazing 3D image. I'm sure if you could see an image of it, you'd now you'd know exactly what I mean. For the launch of this episode, I'll put a picture up on my Instagram and I've got some changes coming up on my Instagram and I'll tell you about them later as well. So let me tell you all about Viewmasters. Viewmaster is the name of a line of stereoscopes for viewing reels of 3D pictures. You insert a circular reel of images into the Viewmaster, hold it up to the light, and before your eyes you see a 3D image or a stereoscopic image. A Viewmaster reel holds 14 
tiny film transparencies, giving you seven pairs of 3D images. So when you put it up to your eyes, the Viewmaster, you're actually, your left eye is seeing one image and the right eye is seeing the other image. That's why there's 14 images on the reel, but of course there's only seven scenes. So each one is to be viewed in a pair at the same time, one by each eye. And that actually simulates binocular depth perception. So that's why you're able to see these images in 3D. So let me tell you a bit about the history of them. So Viewmasters were originally manufactured and sold by an American company called Sawyers. Now the original Viewmaster came about with a partnership of the owner of Sawyers, or the president of Sawyers, Harold Graves, and an inventor, William Gruber. So Sawyers was a postcard company back then. In fact, in the 1920s, they were America's biggest producer of scenic postcards. But Harold Graves wanted something new in his lineup, and he worked together with William Gruber to create this thing called the Viewmaster. It was launched at the 1939 New York World's Fair. Now, in 1939, that was just four years after the introduction of Kodachrome color transparency film. Kodachrome made the use of high-quality, small photographic color images practical. And also, many early Viewmasters were made by Bakelite, manufactured by Kodak. So there you go. There are quite a few links with uh, Viewmasters and photography. In the early Viewmaster years, the subject that dominated sales was tourist attractions from around the world. Cities, regions, national parks, flowers, all that kind of thing. Of course, Sawyers were a postcard company. So this is what uh, this was like an add-on to the postcard business. But in no time at all, the Viewmaster business actually overtook postcards for Sawyers. The Viewmasters were introduced in 1939, which of course is the same year that World War II started. But there's no downturn in production for Viewmaster. In fact, the United States military were a huge customer for Viewmaster. They purchased 100,000 viewers and almost 6 million reels from 1942 until 1945. These are quite fascinating. These reels were not uh, tourist sort of reels of the Grand Canyon or things like that. They were for airplane and ship identification and range estimation. So US soldiers going over to Europe or, or operating the Pacific Theater in Asia or wherever, they could look at these Viewmasters and recognize enemy planes, enemy ships, and also gauge how far away they were. Isn't that absolutely fascinating? After the war years, things got even busier. In 1951, Sawyers purchased TrueView, who were their main competitor of stereoscopes. Not only did this acquisition eliminate their main rival, it also gave Viewmaster access to the licensing rights of Walt Disney Studios. This was pivotal for the company because with the opening up of theme parks in the 1950s like Disneyland, the amount of Disney reels that the company produced and sold went through the roof. In 1952, Sawyers introduced the Viewmaster Personal Line. So this was actually a camera that you could make your own Viewmaster reels. So you put some transparency film into this camera and it kind of, the images I've seen online, it kind of took images on an angle uh, down the film and you could get quite a lot of images on a, on a roll of 36 exposure film because of course this is a stereo camera. So for each scene, it's actually taking two slightly different images of the same scene and sort of um, exposing them diagonally on the transparency film. 
and then you would need the proper viewmaster you know once you got the film developed processed you would then need the proper cutter to cut the images out and then you need to buy the viewmaster like the blank viewmaster reels and you could insert your pair of stereoscopic images into your own reel and so there you go when you went on holidays you could take these images and you could show people 3d images of your vacation afterwards isn't that absolutely amazing now, throughout the 50s and 60s and 70s, there were all sorts of innovations with the viewers themselves. So the Model E was introduced in 1955 with a modern design and big ivory buttons. The Model F was introduced in 1958. It had C-cell batteries to power some internal lighting, so you didn't have to hold it up to a light source like the window. In 1962, the Bakelite models were replaced with lighter plastic versions, the first of which was the Model G. So there we go, all the time, Viewmaster making a lot of money they're innovating and adding improvements to their viewers but in 1966 Sawyers was actually acquired by the General Anline and Film Corporation or the GAF Corporation under GAF's ownership Viewmaster Reels began to feature fewer tourist scenes and more reels for kids so there you go if you grew up as a child of the 60s 70s or 80s that's probably where you're thinking of Viewmasters from as a toy but before that they were a serious kind of travel souvenir kind of item from 1970 to around the late 90s, there were versions of talking Viewmasters, which included audio technology with the reels. So you could sort of view your Viewmaster stereoscopic image and hear characters talk as well. In the 80s and 90s, there was a lot of change of ownership of Viewmaster. It went from GAF in 1981 to being reorganized as the Viewmaster International Group. It was then later sold to Tyco Toys, who then merged with Mattel in 1997. Mattel put Viewmasters in their Fisher-Price division. Of course, Fisher-Price are a sort of a line of toys for very young children. So that's where Mattel are putting this thing as an as a item very much for kids. So although they may not be that popular with the younger generations growing up now, these toys or these objects, these items were immensely popular throughout the, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s. Viewmaster had 25 viewer models, literally thousands upon thousands of titles in all different languages. And there were over 1.5 billion reels sold. 1.5 billion reels. That's quite extraordinary. At one stage, over 65% of the world's population recognized what a Viewmaster is. I wonder what that percentage is today. Viewmaster has also been inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame in the United States. Despite that long history, the basic design remained intact for the vast majority of their history. A great design and it stayed more or less the same the whole way through. Listening to Matt Love V Masters. Okay, so I'll tell you about my Viewmaster collection. Now, my collection is pretty small at the moment. I've only just got into this, um, but I've joined a Viewmaster group, and there are so many people all around the world with so many of these. They have thousands of them. Now, the ones I actually bought are actually really, really beautiful. Um, so they come in their original packets, and they've all got booklets, I think. I think everyone's got booklets, and they're just in immaculate condition it looks like the booklets have never been read uh so yeah they're amazing so i'll tell you what i've got i've got uh peanuts so there's a nice picture there of charlie brown 
and um, Linus and Snoopy on the front. Who's the kid who always gets dirty? I can't remember his name. Anyway, <laughs> I've got a nice one. Peanuts playing baseball on the front. I've got Alice Springs and Central Australia, which is a beautiful Australian reel, I'd say, 1973. I've got Airplanes of the Worlds, which is very cool and comes with its booklet. I've got Ireland, the Emerald Isle. Terrible accent, uh, but there you go. It's a nice, lovely one as well with its booklet. I've got the Vatican City. I think that one's actually... I don't think I've opened that one. I've got Casper's Ghost Land. I'm not really big on Casper. I don't know. Do you guys like Casper? I love Snoopy. I love, I love um, you know, Merry Melodies and all Porky Pig and who else? You know, Roadrunner and Bugs Bunny. But Casper, yeah, I'm not really keen on Casper, which is a shame because I've got two Casper Eels. I've also got another Casper one, Casper the Friendly Ghost. I've got Canberra, Australia, which of course is Australia's national capital. Got Charlie Brown's Summer Fun, and Charlie's there with a kite. Looks pretty cool. I've got the Grand Tour of Europe. All of these, by the way, all of them have three reels inside. So each one of these packets, you get 21 stereo images. Uh, so you get three reels in each, uh, and there's seven stereo images on each one. So yeah, they've all got three reels inside, and they've all got nice, lovely little booklets. The, the Europe booklet's actually a color booklet, which is very nice. I've got Tom and Jerry, Droopy, Spike, and Tyke. I don't know who Droopy, Spike, and Tyke are, but that's a nice one as well. I've got Paris, and one of the Paris ones, one of the Paris images, there's, a, there's an image of these people on, the, on the, the footpath or the sidewalk. Man, it is really 3D. It's amazing. I've got Sydney, Australia. I've got Popeye. Again, I'm not really big on Popeye, but anyway, I've got Popeye. I've got Beep Beep, the Roadrunner. I have America's Man in Space, John Glenn's Historic Flight, 1962. I have Papua New Guinea. This is an amazing one from 1974. Uh, the, the images on here, I mean, Papua New Guinea is a pretty wild kind of place. You know, there's, there's tribes and stuff in the highlands of Papua New Guinea who haven't had much contact with outsiders for decades. And, uh, you know, goodness knows what it was like in the 1970s, you know, almost 50 years ago. So these images are just fascinating of Papua New Guinea. Next one I have is Snoopy and the Red Baron. What a classic, Snoopy and the Red Baron. So that comes with a booklet as well. I've got a few loose reels I got from an antique store. I also bought um, a viewer and a few loose reels from an antique store, but they're not very they're not very good with those ones. I'm almost finished. I've got the National Gallery of Modern Art in Washington, DC, which is pretty nice. It's got a nice little booklet as well. And I've got It's a Bird, Charlie Brown. And there's a cool picture there of Snoopy on top of his doghouse. And um, what's the little bird's name? Oh, I can't remember the bird's name. My daughter's going to whack me if she knows that I've forgotten the bird's name. Oh, man, I've got to Google this now. All you guys at home are probably yelling at the podcast. Hang on, Snoopy Bird. Google Snoopy Bird. What is Snoopy's bird's name? Well, it's not Snoopy's bird. But Woodstock. Woodstock. How could I forget that? Snoopy was one of the books that I read tons of when I was a kid. I used to read Archie comics, Phantom comics, and I used to read Snoopy as well. I used to love Snoopy. So there you go. That's my Viewmaster collection at the moment. Uh, some people around the world have got hundreds and thousands of titles. Uh, they have just such amazing collections. So I will be doing a bit of a sell-off of my uh, film cameras, probably starting with the Fujifilm Class S. I'll probably sell that off cheaply, I don't know, maybe 500 US dollars, um, and I'll probably sell off my Olympus Pen F for 100 US dollars, stuff like that. So check out my Instagram, 
Now with the Instagram, I haven't quite sorted everything out yet. I've changed my logo and changed my description. Uh, I've just got a support ticket in with Instagram because I want to keep Matt Love's cameras, but I, I want to sort of change my current feed over to Matt Love's Viewmaster's username and it's a bit tricky. Uh, and the same with the website. I've just got to work out the best way to do that as well. Uh, but there you go. That, I'm very excited. I hope you guys are going to stick through with this. I hope you guys can you know, join me on this amazing journey and switching the podcasts from cameras to Viewmasters. I'm very, very excited. And I think I'll leave it there, but expect to hear a new podcast in a few days um, because I'm very excited and I want to get going very soon. That's it for this episode on this first day of April 2020. I'll see you for a new podcast very soon. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Shows and a Creative Commons license. The End by Cassie. SoundCloud.com forward slash Cassie NMZ. Check the show notes for the link.